possible of a chance here. It's a goal! Chievo have done it! It's a hat-trick for Pulisier. Is that the title dream dead and buried for Juventus? This goal was scored by Chievo Verona legend Sergio Pellissier in a 3-3 draw to title challengers Juve in 2009 where he bagged the hat-trick sinking Juve's hopes for Serie A glory. In such a superficial world, where wealth and status are valued above all else, loyalty is becoming an abstract term. Maldini, Zanetti, Totti, Neville. The one club men who are most respected in the world have still made truckloads of money and have performed at the highest level earning Hall of Fame status. Some of these heroes, however, remain unsung. Sergio Pellissier, bro. Uh, versatile <laughs> forward who could play in pretty much any position along the forward line. Uh, typically performed better when he was paired alongside a more physically gifted mm-hmm. striker, I would say. Yeah. He was quick. He excelled at link-up play. He was often deployed as an inverted winger and liked cutting in and shooting with his favorite left foot. And despite being 5'9", his elevation was impressive, as was his heading accuracy. Once again, I could make another 5'9 joke, but I will refrain, brother. Nice. Pellissier started his career with Torino, bro, as I'm sure you know. He climbed mm-hmm. the youth ranks uh, to the senior team. He actually left Torino in 2000 after only one senior appearance. He spent two years at Varese, where he played 53 games and scored nine goals. He was then picked up by Kiev, and of course, the rest is history. 496 games, 134 goals in 19 years, with the number 31 on his back the entire time. I would say that's a true metaphor for how humble the man was. Yeah, he was a true leader on and off the pitch, a perfect exemplary gentleman. Um, he's the, you know, he was around during Kiev's best years. He remained faithful during their darker moments, like the relegation to Serie B, and was of course present during their their tenure in the in the Champions League and the Europa League. Exactly. And despite the relegation, he is still currently the club's all-time leading top scorer in official competitions, as well as being the club's record appearance holder. And that record doesn't seem to be going anywhere, particularly because of Kievo's liquidation. He (laughs) did go on to retire in the 2018-2019 season. He was so attached to Kievo, bro, um, that he actually said in an interview once that when someone offends Kievo, it feels like they're offending him personally. <laughs> and that bond rang truer than ever as merely two years after Pelissier retired from football, Kievo, as you mentioned, were liquidated and in fact no longer <laughs> exist. Um, despite Pelissier's active efforts to keep the mm. club alive and afloat, of course, this happened as the club was unable to prove that it um, is financially valid due to outstanding tax payments. Yeah, and after spearheading an unsuccessful search for new owners, Pelissier decided instead to fund a new club himself, which was admitted to Terza Categoria, at the very bottom of the Italian Football League system. The club originally was named FC Chievo 2021, (laughs) but was then renamed to FC Clivenze after a legal warning from Chievo Verona, his beloved Chievo Verona. all he did for them, the the audacity, bro. They should have built him a statue and shut the fuck up, am I right? No wonder they're fucking liquidated, the fucking cunts. (laughs) (laughs) The only trophy Pellissier has to his name is the Serie B title won in 2007-2008. He, of course, as we mentioned previously, played in the Europa League and in the Champions League with Chievo. Uh, he played in the Champions League after the Culture Poli scandal, so Juve, Lazio and Fiorentina banned from 
Europe that year and of course Kievo achieved automatic qualification. He has one game for the Italian national team bro and in that game he actually scored. I wonder why he didn't get called up again. Same here, bro. You remember him playing, don't you? Yeah, quite clearly. I mean, like we said, he retired in, in around 2019. And yeah. Kiev, I, I believe, were very recently in, in Serie A. I, I believe Pellissier even played against Ronaldo. He did, he did, yes. Um, I believe it was Ronaldo's first game exactly. against Kiev. But there was Sorrentino on goal. Like, yeah, and I think I Ronaldo had scored in the last minute or some shit in that um, game. No, he hadn't scored. In fact, he hadn't scored on his debut. He hadn't scored in the first four games, I believe, okay. for Juve. Okay. Um, but anyway, I, I remember him so clearly, always scoring against Juve, bro, this oh, guy. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but he would always score against them. I mean, even in the intro that we, that we provided, a hat-trick against Juve with Kiev was no fucking easy feat, Whatsoever, definitely man. not, definitely not. And you know what I liked about him most, bro, apart from, mm. of course, his um, leadership qualities, is the fact that he was so industrious, he was so hardworking, and he would contribute defensively even in his later years, you know. He would. Um, he was so humble that he would work for the team. He didn't give a fuck. He had no pride about him whatsoever. Yeah, even like you said in his, in his later years, even when he was coming off the bench, normally people would, would take a step into a different direction, maybe go to a smaller team or maybe go to a rival team. The man just stayed at Kiev for 19 yeah. whole years, man. And you barely see that nowadays. And it's quite recent and it's barely spoken about, man. For sure, bro. Um, you know, Di Natale, for example, is another cult, cult hero who was who is um, highly valued and highly talked about. But this guy just flies under the radar completely. He does, man, but not on Serie A Spotlight. We're here to bring you all the hipster bullshit that you might have not heard anywhere else. That's right, our hipster brothers and sisters. You can unbutton your flannel shirts, untie your top knots, sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Say A Spotlight with your host Jake and Matt. And this is episode 39. 39, huh? Good, we're on, we have good momentum about us. For sure, we didn't consider skipping this episode at all. No, nothing, Um, we weren't tired. (laughs) (laughs) But no problem, here we are. Um... It always, bro, whenever we do an intro like this, I just want to talk about everything, man. Like about Kievo in detail, about the whole flying donkey story. But we've already kind of done that on previous episodes, so it feels weird repeating, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to be that kind of podcast that just keep on kind of bringing up the same facts over and over and yeah. over. I want to give you something kind of new every week. Um, but yeah, what a career Sergio Pellissier had. But here we are, brother. Episode 39. Um, prediction series now... You are currently leading, so it's 11-10. it is currently impossible for you to win the prediction series. It's not impossible for me, because I could get the equaliser. You can draw and then beat me on FIFA, but to win the prediction series outright has become somewhat of an impossible task for you, bro. Yes, but I'm going to shit-talk you right now, because if I get the draw, I'm going to kick your ass at FIFA. Oh, no, you are not, my brother. For I have a few tricks up my sleeve. Okay, okay. We should we should kind of involve our listeners in what stars we should mm. we should use. Oh, we should obviously go Venezia, Salernitana, fuck it, something like that. Ah, so you use Venezia's pace and I get fucking <laughs> sluggish <laughs> Salernitana. There's my trick. You're not dealing with an <laughs> idiot over a here. A baby. Venezia guys are a sleeper pick on FIFA, they are incredible If you use them on seasons, you'll get very far Because you'll come against other bullshit teams And they don't have 
Venezia's pace, man. Yes. I but I, I guess... more time for FIFA. Hey, yeah. man. Hey. I think we should remind our followers to follow us on Instagram, where we have our prediction series and we bring you some nice updates as well. Twitter, which is where we post our episodes, where we interact with all of you where you can send in your questions we could send in your questions even on instagram to be fair and tiktok as well where we bring you some never seen before footage that is performing quite well as of late so you're missing out if you want to get the juice it's on tiktok let's just say that exactly rate us and stuff five stars yes please so we've just come back guys from from milan man we have we have and what a fucking holiday it was huh it was amazing bro let's talk about that a little bit before we get into get into the match day so what what about san siro stood out to you the most firstly oh bro i got so emotional when we approached san siro i got so 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 emotional just seeing it there and listen makes you want to like jump oh man oh, <laughs> skip like, on the spot like walking in was one of the most joyous experiences mm-hmm. of my life just seeing it from the outside the sheer size of it seeing the players arriving at the stadium as well man yeah. banging on the fucking windows on the bus man on the bus and that moment bro i actually got it on video when you walk into the pitch you go up the stairs and you and just and you see, see the green of the, the pitch green of the and pitch. the columns on the side bro, it's amazing stadium it's amazing. absolutely it's packed not a seat in sight yeah. available 80,000 people and the people we knew at the stadium, we saw them all. Hey, man. Pretty much. I hey. on this side of the hill hey. that worked out. But what anyway. an experience it was, man. What stood out to me the most? Mm. It's probably that I always imagined that the curva would make the most noise. And obviously, they do make the most noise. But mm. everyone else is fucking involved, man. Yeah. Everyone was involved in of the chance. Of course, right. I mean, at this point, Milan are fighting for the title. You know, it's, the curva is essentially spread everywhere. Yeah. You know? like, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you had... Me pulling my shirt off during yeah. that fucking Theo Hernandez goal. Pulling your shoulder, bro. Dude, uh, when Theo scored, Matthew jumped on me and he pulled my shoulder. For the rest of the game, I was just rubbing my shoulder going, <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah. Bro, how could I not thank you so much, Theo, for doing that in I am front so of us? so old, like, I'm finished, man. Pasa la palla, pasa la palla. <laughs> Screaming for him to pass the ball, man. No. But how many times have we seen Theo do that? You just get the ball in defense, just charge and lose it or like not pass, you know? You do know he's going to try that in every single game. For, right? He's never going to stop. He's never going to stop. But, but that was incredible. I'm so happy we got to witness that. Hey, man. man hey. Well, thankfully, the first game we get to cover is, in fact, Milan to Salernitana. Milan to Atalanta nil. So we get to talk about that instantly. So if it were the Salernitana game, we'd have seen a loss. No, we'd have seen a two-two draw. Ah, sorry, yes, but draw. pretty sorry, much a loss. <laughs> I must have confused them with Spezia. <laughs> <laughs> so the previous encounter in Bergamo was a three-two away victory for Milan, um, that result doesn't really do justice to Milan's performance. Milan absolutely outplayed Atalanta but Atalanta managed to get two late goals out of nowhere which made me really worried about this game up until the final whistle. Milan were coming off a 3-1 win against Verona away from home and are now on a 15 match unbeaten run. Atalanta were also coming off a 3-1 away win but it was against Spezia. Now coming into this game Atalanta were unbeaten against Milan in the San Siro in their last seven fixtures. However, Milan had gotten the better of Atalanta in their last two fixtures, which were both played in Bergamo. Before that, Milan had only won once in 11 matches. So, the first half really didn't give us anything to write home about. There was a 
very optimistic penalty call, penalty right? call on, on yeah. Giroud. When I was in the bathroom, I was on Twitter <laughs> queuing and, and the replay came up. I, I believe it was Saturnion on Twitter. He, mm. he posted the penalty appeal. And I'm watching it and I see a bunch of Italians like peering over my shoulder <laughs> in the queue. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to show everyone. I'm showing everyone. And everyone's like talking about it. I'm there just nodding, just going, see, see. <laughs> Almenovar, Almenovar. <laughs> like, I don't know any Italian. Like. <laughs> I remember when that was going on. I was washing my face frantically because I was not, I was not in a good place at that point. <laughs> I was so nervous and emotional throughout the entire first half. Like just nothing, yeah, nothing seemed to be coming The game didn't off. open up. It didn't. Half, it didn't. But it did open up in the 56th minute whilst our lovely girlfriends were fetching us a pint of yeah. Moretti and they missed the first goal. It was a long ball over the top by Messias. What a ball by him. As he had just entered. He had just entered the fray, you're right. Leao got the better of Coop Miners when it comes to pace, as was expected. He entered the box and slotted the ball between Musso's legs. What a goal by Leo. What a finish. I, did not I didn't expect, expect it. it either. I, I, I didn't think that would go in, bro. Not I, even I when I so saw the ball hit the back guard. of the net. I lost my <laughs> fucking mind, man. It was like, whoa! You know, <laughs> when you, when you <laughs> don't exactly. expect it. Like. Exactly. No one really did expect it, man. It was such a tight angle. It was, however, then in the 75th minute when the party officially started in San Siro. <laughs> Atalanta on the attack. Brilliant slight tackle by Kronich on the edge of Milan's own area. Theo picked the ball up, up. He ran the entire length of the pitch, skipping past absolutely everyone <laughs> as you were screaming, Passa la palla, passa la palla, passa la palla. Defenders the colliding <laughs> at the top Chaos. of your lungs. Even, even Suma <laughs> was going, Messias libero, Messias libero. <laughs> of Dude, honestly, the smartest thing to do there was to pass. For sure, for sure. But, you know, he just took it as far as he can. He kind of, he started from the left, went to the right, cut back into the left, and then slotted the ball into the far corner. What a fucking goal. Incredible. I lost my mind. I took my shirt off. I was flinging it in the air. We were jumping. We fell. You ruined my night. I ruined your <laughs> night. Completely, and then the interest of a fan cool or chance started. Chalanoglufilio de Putana, it was amazing. Dude. It was so good. The shithousery after that goal was nuts, and it was really cute seeing Terra's celebration for Zoe and their cute baby. Yes, very cute scenes. Um, can I mention, bro, that um, Milan were very wise on both goals to take advantage of Coop Miners' yellow card. And the fact that, um, you know, they made him regret getting a yellow card in the 53rd minute because both players played off his shoulder. He couldn't commit. You know, you see Leo breaking through. You see, um, uh, what's his name? Theo running, you know, when he was Mm. on on the halfway line. Yeah, yeah. Coop Miners was on him. You know, he's not going to catch him for pace. And if he pulls his shirt, that's a yellow card. Exactly. So they were very smart to play off his shoulder. Yeah, and I mean, Coop Miners didn't make it that hard, however, to, to do that because he was slotting in between those those centre-backs quite a lot. He was mm-hmm. he basically played as a fucking centre-back for most of the game, that's Coop Miners. True, he, was, he was slotting between, like, Palomino Him and, and Darun. Darun were, like, exactly. shifting. Or... Exactly, but Coop Miners was, was way more defensive than Freuler in this game, and mm-hmm. he, he slotted into that position where normally he provides a lot of creativity, but Milan's man-marking again against Atalanta was just second to none, and they really 
really dominated the game, man. These games against Atalanta, it's like Milan Atalanta, it's like no one ever has a position. It's just everyone's exactly. overlapping, everyone's moving, you know, players are following each other out of position. It's, mm. it's crazy, it's so fun to watch. Yep. Um, one question for you mm-hmm. Did you clap when Pasalic was substituted? Uh, yes, I did clap when Pasalic was did substituted. Clap too, man. That Super Cup lives in my head rent free. Yeah. <laughs> you remember <laughs> when we were chanting the names in the beginning after Sara Perchettiamo yeah. was played and Kessie's name was shouted, and we just both looked at each other like. Nah, nah we're, we're, not, we're not saying his name. <laughs> what a game Kessie had for his final performance in a Milan kit in San Siro. A great performance. He was the best midfielder on he the was, pitch. He was, he was, he was super. He played really well. That's true. Um, not to obviously take anything away from Tonali and Kronich's performance. Um, Tonali rusty at times, but of course his, in- his industry made up for it. You know, he worked so hard that he still had the fans chanting at yeah, different moments. For sure. Um, Kronich just... Kronich is... So, so he's good. A, like, he's, you know, he's a, like, you can't complain a joke how good he yeah. is. It's actually a joke. <laughs> but I think the man-for-man swap of Benasser coming on for Tonali is one of the reasons the game opened up so quickly yeah. in the second half. Benasser is just one of the most fluid midfielders in the league when it comes to playing the ball around. For sure, bro. He's like um, the perfect Maxime Lopez. <laughs> I get what you mean. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I, get, I get what you mean. He's way more ballsy when it comes to dribbling. He went on one of his fucking loving, sexy magic runs at yeah, the point where, where you think he's gonna lose it, but he slips away. Nah, he never loses it. Um, this was a classic game where Milan managed to control the tempo out of possession. Because if you look at the statistics here, you have fifty-four percent of the possession was actually to Atalanta, but it didn't what? feel like that at all. Not at all. It didn't all. feel like that at all because Milan were had everything under control. In fact, only two shots on target for Atalanta. Hmm. Jeez. Well, Zapata got, got pretty close. The only time I felt threatened was that Zapata header hmm. from from a corner. And that... there was a Muriel shot that in the stadium it looked really close. Oh yeah, well, Manian Manian's oh, Galleria, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I call it. The over the top one. Exactly. Milan now have one game left to play, just like every other team in the league. And all they need in the Mape Stadium is to come away with one point and they are officially crowned Serie A champions. What do you think, just bro? one point at the Mape is all that's left. Um, of course, everyone's chatting shit right now. You know, we've had... Um, Berardi coming out saying that he grew up supporting Inter and being intrigued by El Fenomeno, you know. We have Raspadori saying the same thing, that he grew up idolizing Eto and supporting Inter, basically. There was Carnevali, you know, Carnevali is a former player um, and manager of Sassuolo. And he came out and said that Lea wouldn't start for Sassuolo. <laughs> and <laughs> and Sus- oh, Sus- well, and Leo and, and um, what's his name Leo liked the post on Twitter <laughs> and he he wrote okay see you Sunday <laughs> so now we'll see we'll it's, see about that it's it's a tough game it's a tough game for Milan Sassuolo obviously got the better of Milan at San Siro they have players like Scamacca Berardi Traore Raspadori yeah. Juricic. It's a very tough game. It is a tough game. It is a tough game. I just look at their centre-backs and I feel a bit more at peace. You know what I mean? Like, this is a team that's going to cause you problems. They're going to attack you. They're going to actually control the game at Mm. times. You know, there are going to be moments where with Maxime Lopez, with Fratesi, they're going to control the tempo. Um, I just hope that Milan can remain composed because the defensive stability that we've seen recently is actually easing my mind a little bit, you know. Um, Kalulu... 
Tomori. You know, they they say, don't concede many goals. You know what I mean? Can I just say watching Kalulu live? Wow, what an wow, athlete! Wow, like man. like yeah. he he's great on TV, but wow in person, it's it's super impressive. The long strides he takes and and the it's pace true. he manages to both he manages him and to Tomori. One hundred percent. But Kalulu was more surprising in mm-hmm. in my opinion. But uh huh, it's a it's a tough game for Milan, but one point is all it takes because of yes. the direct encounter with with Inter. Do they get it done? I have to say yes at this point, even though I'm superstitious and I avoid it um, and I avoid making predictions and I'm going to knock on this table right now. I'll join you. Um, but, you know, I think at this point, you know, Milan have this like next level mentality. You know, um, there were reports that, that you know, right now, uh, it's a bunker, you know, Milanello. Mm. Like everyone's just working behind closed doors, seriousness in the air, everyone wants it, they know what it means. You know, and I look at, again, I was saying before, the the defensive partnership of Ferrari and Kyriakes. You know, I look at Giroud, for example, I think Giroud is a bit too street smart for them. I think he can mm. actually move in between them, especially if he picks on Kyriakes a bit. Yeah. I think that some damage can be done. And mm. if that doesn't work, you know, I think Rebic can give them a tough time as well. Perfect. I was I was going to ask you, who do you think should start, Rebic or Giroud? I mm. agree with you in that sense. I think Giroud should start the game and I think Rebic should be utilized as yeah. a second half Just substitute. come on and cause havoc, like literally just terrorize them when exactly. they're tired. Atalanta, on the other hand, they can still get Europa League as they are one point behind Roma and if Roma slip up away to Torino and Atalanta win their their game, then they can actually slip into the Europa League spot. Milan are first on 83 points, two ahead of Inter. The next game we're going to be covering is a game that happened as we were walking back from the stadium and we went through the whole Metro experience while this game was on, you know, everyone was keeping us up to date yeah. um, you know i have like live score open and people are telling me what's going on <laughs> right like before i see it on my phone you know they're so sharp non a goal var <laughs> non a goal var <laughs> cagliari 1 inter 3 the reverse fixture was a very very standard inter 4 cagliari <laughs> nil um, inter have now won 9 of their last 11 league games against cagliari with one draw and one loss um, however, Cagliari have drawn more home matches against Inter in Serie A than any other side in the league. Jesus, okay, 18, what? with 18 draws. Oh, however, just two of the last 14 matches had ended level. Hmm. Okay, so that, that's a pretty bonkers statistic. Now, okay, so the game started off with Skriniar scoring, but of course that was um, cancelled out because of VAR. There was a handball, thanks to... Tonio from the Metro <laughs> um, In the 25th minute Darmian rose high To get to the end uh, Of a Perisage ball And headed it home There were shades of Cristiano Ronaldo Against Sampdoria On this goal oh, bro. Wow. Darmian Jumped so high He towered over his man And actually scored Like They're calling him Air Darmian On Twitter right now <laughs> Perisage with another assist Man what a beast Yeah Shortly after that Bro Martinez hit the post After turning and shooting Impressively He even got onto the rebound And forced Cranio Into a fine save When he's on He's a demon Lautaro you know? Lautaro just, running, just shooting Then getting on the end Of the rebound Like on the other side Of the box Defenders are still like Flat footed While he's, he's just running He's a monster man Lautaro He's a monster He really is in the 51st minute, he actually got a goal, Lautaro Martinez. Um, he demonstrated what he's good at over here. He received the ball over the top um, from Barella and he outmuscled Altara while beating him with pace. Um, it was crazy, you know? Like, he's not the quickest and he's not the strongest. It's a good combination. He's of the both, perfect though. combination of both. Exactly. You know, he's a brawler as a player. That, exactly. That's, that's how exactly. A bit of a Tevez, kind yeah, of. Yeah, kind of. It's true. Um, 
that's it. And he finished cleanly, of course. His finishing is also good on his day. In the 54th minute, a little bit of hope. Just three minutes later, Liko Janis decided to rip a shot from outside the edge of the area. And what a goal it was. It smacked the crossbar and then... Um, people on the tube were quick to announce this goal and every Milan fan of course watching the game closely had a little bit of hope and were like oh my god can they do it and you know Cagliari this game played well they pressed intensely you know they did put up a fight but of course um, they were bound to catch them on the counter if Cagliari didn't get their goal exactly. um, and in fact it was in the 84th minute where Gagliardini played Martinez through who chipped Cranio um, giving Inter the 3-1 victory yep so, bro, um, 38% ball possession for Cagliari, 62% for Inter, 10 shots for Cagliari, 2 on target, 17 shots for Inter, 7 on target. Do you think Cagliari did well this game? Or what did you make of it? Performance-wise, they did well. I, I don't think they had a bad game at all. I think they really brought it to Inter and they did cause Inter to struggle a little bit um obviously inter did what they do best they controlled the tempo of the game they played the ball around and they found nice little pockets of space to slip into and they were relentless they were getting shots away they were moving forward with some with some good pace those two wing backs in darmian and perisic be it darmian and perisic or like gossens and dumfries they always utilize their wing backs so well kind of like gasparini's atalanta back in the day and yeah, I think Inter definitely did enough to get away with the victory and I would even say somewhat comfortably. Yeah, um, fair enough. Like, you know, they got a 2-0 lead early on. It was that Ligo Giannis goal that kind of dis- disrupted them a little bit. But their substitutions as well were decent. I thought the Barella substitution in the 58th minute was a little bit weird for Gagliardini. Mm-hmm. But then Gagliardini actually got the assist. So, so yeah. what the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Dumfries and Darmian are just... Equally effective, in my opinion. You know, you can play... Their strengths are... They both have their strengths. They're not exactly the same, but, you know, both can be deployable. And both can put in a good shift, I think. I will never forget in that, you know, Derby della Madonnina earlier this year, um, in the semifinals of the Coppa, when everyone was looking forward, especially you and I, were looking forward to the classic Theo versus Dumfries. And they played Darmian instead, and we're like... Okay, should we be hopeful at this point? And Darmian instantly with the assist, yeah. just a couple of minutes in. Darmian is dangerous, man. He's he very, is. very slept on. He he really is. And that season at Parma, you know, I'm wondering what the hell was he doing at Parma before, before Conte saved him. He was at United before, you know. He was. Like he was being good. His talent man. has been recognized for a while. And I remember Inter have been scouting him for ages. Mm-hmm. But he was a bench warmer at United, man. United yeah. really didn't give him the time of day. Bro, Inter came into this game with a lot of pressure on their shoulders, so this was a convincing win for them after, after you know, the Atalanta dismantling by Milan. Yeah, especially, you know, playing Cagliari right now, although they're in the bottom three, Cagliari are not an easy side to play when they're fighting relegation. They have all, yeah. good players, they have a lot of grin time in them, they do want to stay up, and it'll be so interesting to, st- to see whether they will stay up or whether Salernitana will stay up. Too true, bro. Sampdoria have just spanked the living shit out of Fiorentina, right? Mm. How do you think the last game of the season will go? Inter playing Sampdoria. They beat them 4-1, bro. Yeah, Inter will run away with that. It will be, in my opinion, one of the easiest games in, in Inter's season. I mean, the fact that Sampdoria are now officially safe. Mm. That makes all the difference, right? Yeah, and you know. But no one wants, no one wants to, 
give a team the scudetto. You know what I mean? No, and that, I know that, bro. But they just survived. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they're probably. They have com- nothing to play for. They're probably still coming down the MDMA. They fucking. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean, bro? No, you, you're right. The hangover must be insane. Like, you know, these guys have just mm. managed survival. Like, this is going to be... But, you know, at the end of the day, this was the debate we had a few episodes ago where it's like, is it better to play under pressure or when you have no pressure at all? Because they're going to go in without any fear. There's mm. no anxiety about it. They're safe. They're going to have gonna go fun. In eh? and, exactly. And they're going to try to get mm-hmm. something out of this interview. No, I could, I could be wrong, man. I could be wrong. But the, that, that's what my instinct tells me, man. I think they just yeah. survived... And they've essentially got nothing to play for and they're just out to have a good time. Now, either things are going to tick when they're having a good time or things aren't going to tick and it's going to get frustrating very quick for them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Cagliari, bro, at the end of the season, of course, for the last game, traveled to Venice to take on Venezia. Mm-hmm. Do you think Venezia are going to drag them down with them? Salernitana take on Udinese in the last game of the season. This uh, is fucking so at, exciting, at, bro. At this, we're, we're here. We are right. At, bro, this at, is... this, at this point, I actually think Salernitana get relegated. I think there might be another U-turn, another twist in the tail. You know, just Cagliari have a much easier game on their hands than, than Salernitana. Udinese are fucking relentless, bro. They They're are, fucking bro. relentless. But mm-hmm. Venezia are, are bagging some goals at the moment, huh? Honestly, bro, I think the Nicola miracle happens. I think Venezia will surprise Cagliari, and I think Salernitana will surprise Udinese. Okay, okay. Let's not put a kit on the line for that. Because <laughs> you owe me three already. Because I owe you three already. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but, uh, man, I, I can't wait to watch the living shit out of the last... Yeah. The last match day of the season, man. Their stakes are so high. There's still one place for relegation up for grabs. The league is still up for grabs. There's still Europa League up for grabs. Wow. Definitely, bro. Um, Once again, guess who's forgotten to write the standings? My God. (laughs) It's actually concerning at this point. I do literally everything except for that, man. I Mm. always forget. It's crazy. second. It's like I always just, you know, it's like, all right, I'm done. Last talk point, I'm like, all right, next game. <laughs> but anyway, Inter are second with 81 points, two points off Milan with no game in hand. Remember those days? Oh, my God. Um, while Cagliari are 18th with 29 points, two points off of Salernitana, who are in 17th. The next game we're going to be covering is Napoli 3, Genoa 0. Genoa are officially relegated alongside Venezia. They are the second team this season to get relegated. Do you remember yes. that streak they went on and we I thought do. they were going to survive? Yeah, under Blessing, the six draws in a row, right? Exactly. I wonder what happens to Blessing now. We'll he stays, apparently. Soon. He stays, yes, yes. yes. Apparently, he stays on. He's, he's in it for the project. He's in it with the man, with the new ownership. They're, they're very excited, actually. So, okay. Who is this, know, Ted Lasso? <laughs> you know, at the beginning of the season, I said that Genoa won't get relegated and they always manage to survive thanks to loan deals. But I, I am happy that they have got relegated because... They deserve to be relegated. They deserve that even though they've actually dealt with their problem, they've brought a new owner. So it's a shame that when they finally, mm. finally turn the tide, you know, they get relegated. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they can start from scratch in Serie B. They can work their way up slowly. And I'm sure we'll be seeing them again soon in Serie A. Yeah, I think, I think so. They're very rich in history as well. So they belong in Serie A, but, but not... But not with their current form, man. 
Um, I said Genoa will get relegated. After their first match, which was a four and a loss to winter, I said, these guys yeah, get yes. fucking relegated. Oh, bro, they were so not ready for the season to start. No, the no, season no. started, they were wearing their grey kits with no sponsor. They didn't even have a sponsorship <laughs> deal yet. I looked at the starting eleven. there was no one I recognised. No one Literally. at all. And they just got demolished by Inter 4 Yeah, they, were, they didn't look ready at all. But this was also Insigne's final match in the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona for Napoli after a lucrative 15 years at the club, after he was signed as a 15-year-old boy from Olimpia Sant'Arpino for 1.5k. How tall was he at the time? <laughs> Probably four foot. I afford to buy 15-year-old Insigne. <laughs> and you afford to buy 15 year old in Sydney as well. <laughs> How much did they get them for? 1.5k. <laughs> 1.5k, wow. Wow. That's uh, fucking crazy. Like, I'm sure his brother is worth more nowadays. Yeah, no, for, for, for sure, sure, for sure. Playing in the Serie playoffs at the moment, mm. they're all very exciting. Um, the previous encounter of this game was Genoa 1, Napoli 2. There was that late Petania strike in the 84th minute. Ooh. Napoli were coming off a 1-0 away win at Torino, while Genoa were coming off a 2-1 home victory against Juve. Uh, tough shit, you relegated though. <laughs> Napoli are now unbeaten in their last 13 Serie A home games against Genoa. However, it was Genoa in the 13th minute that caused quite a scare on Napoli as Yeboah hit the crossbar from just outside the area. In the 22nd minute, there was a substitution for Genoa as Baddell went out injured and replaced by Friendrup. 10 minutes later, Ozyman opened the scoring after Di Lorenzo's early and swinging cross was met by the head of the oncoming Victor Ozyman, who headed into the far corner to score his 14th goal of the season. In the 65th minute, Hernani handled the ball in the box, subsequently leading to a penalty for Napoli. Insignia got to retake his missed penalty as players had entered the area during his run-up. He converted on his second attempt. Bro, you think you think there was actually an infringement or do you think that the referee was like, listen, it's this guy. It wasn't an obvious infringement. It wasn't. It they, wasn't an obvious it was, one. I feel like it was more out of merit, not merit, it was more out of like honour to... To kind of honor Insigne on his last game, you know, to give him another opportunity to score. But if that's the case, that's fucked because Genoa needs to survive. <laughs> exactly, it could have been a different game. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, at the end of the day, there was an infringement, but it wasn't obvious, which causes you to think maybe Look, romantic. There's always an infringement when a penalty is taken. The goaler steps off his line a little bit. People run into the box a little bit too early. It happens every time a penalty is taken. The fact that they, they randomly have stricter with it, though, they, man. They inconsistently though, at random moments. It's like sometimes the referee is bothered by it. It's like the the throwing rule. Once a year, randomly, the referee calls a foul throw. But say, when yeah. it's when it's missed, it always merits a check because the person that ran into the box earlier could have gotten to the follow up rather than the rebound no, or a striker could get to it and, and finish off and he would have been you know causing causing an infringement sure but in that case for literally any penalty miss you have to take a retake you know what i mean that's my problem with it because mm. people run into the box early now i get i understand that like if someone does it like obviously early like there was a delict one earlier this season uh, um it was really obvious, against like, inter no yeah so in that situation you know um was it against inter mm-hmm it was. Was that the obvious one? 
when we were at, no, when uh, when when Chalanoglu retook it when when Chesney uh, had saved it initially we were watching it at at that bar in Parchevel. yes if I recall that one was more obvious um I'm, I'm not quite sure right now but anyway when they're really obvious um it's fine to mm-hmm. to call the foul you know to call the infringement yeah. but in reality you know if, if if it's just a little bit it's just a little bit man everyone fucking does it I guess, man. I guess. But anyway, in the 81st minute, Lobotka made a three after he carried the ball forward from the halfway line, line and finished into the bottom corner from distance. What a goal by Lobotka. Bro, Napoli finish third. It's official. There's no way they overtake Inter or Milan. There's no way Juve overtake them. We've discussed this before, but how successful of a season was Spalletti's first season in charge for Napoli? So I think overall it's a success, a success that is bittersweet. No, um, they they wanted top four, they got top four comfortably. They um, had a chance to fight for the league. You know, they slipped up in odd moments, um, and that's what leaves the bitter taste in their mouths. But they can be happy with the with the steps the club has taken and you know right now it's in a good it's in a good place the players are very good they have some some fucking treasure chests over there and yeah. Victor Oziman and Ruiz Koulibaly they can cash in on any of them and like reinforce if they would like to too yeah I heard that they are officially triggering Anguissa's um, option to buy so he'll be staying there from Fulham so that's obviously great news wise, for them wise. in the central midfield department um, it'll be interesting <coughs> to see if they manage to hold on to Victor Oziman. I personally really hope that they do he's a joy to have in the league um, it'll be interesting to see if they replace certain members in the team obviously Insignia needs to be replaced we saw that they were linked with a couple of wingers um, Ospina should he hmm. be replaced um, I mean, they have merit that they're eventually moulding. I don't think Ospina needs to be replaced. It depends. I saw that he was linked with Real Madrid to be their like second keeper. Um, but, you know, he, he can definitely remain and play. He's very rated and he's loved by the fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you think Mario Rui would need replacing? He had a good season, but obviously... He did, but I think he's the type of guy that dips off in the season and you need to prepare for that to happen. I think you need an adequate backup for when Mm. that happens. So a replacement for Mario Rui, maybe drop him to a kind of Florenzi on the bench kind of role. Exactly. You know, that would be pretty cool. Exactly. They they were linked to Emerson and I always liked that Mm. that link for them. Emerson's a a, a decent left back. Um, But, yeah, a bit of work for for Napoli to do, particularly on the consistency side of things. I think Napoli at their best can even sometimes (laughs) beat Inter and Milan. Yeah, we saw it. They they did beat Milan. Exactly. But that was a weird game because both teams were absolutely plagued with injuries. So it was like two reserve teams playing playing each other. Um, Genoa, as we said, officially relegated. Which players stay in the top flight? Hmm. Uh, Hefty is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Portanova, if he doesn't go to prison. <laughs> Badeli is still deployable. Uh, Sirigu is still deployable. Um, Ostigard is okay too. He's just arrived. You know, th- this isn't a bad team. I, I could imagine these Don't guys scattered Destra. around the league. Destro, of course, can stay up. Yeah, Boa isn't even bad, even though it wouldn't be terrible for him to go to Serie B and try to find his, mm. his scoring boots. Mm. What's the, is that the expression? Yeah. His shooting boots. His shooting boots. And even Bonnie. I rate Bonnie. 
Well, we see rated players go down to Serie B as well. I mean, there was mm. Lapadula, for example. Um, there was Viola. There was Dennis Mann last season. Mm. Simi as well. No, but Simi and then transferred to Salernitana. So he was ah, a bit you're of an saying exception. about the guys who go down? Yeah, and yeah, stay who, down. who, who yeah. stayed down? Viola Dennis then got a good picked exa- up. A good example, it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paletta as well. Buffon. But <laughs> <laughs> didn't get fucking relegated. Yes, he did. No, he joined Parma when they were in Serie B. No, he got relegated with Juve, and he stayed. Tres bro. Tres bro. Ledbet. Fucking um, Pelissier, bro. <laughs> Pelissier, obviously the fucking legend. Yeah, but uh-huh. I think there are a couple of players that could that could stay up. For Gen, I think primarily Sirigu and Destro, with the kind of experience they have in the league, I think they'll be good for any either newly promoted side or even for any of the sides that narrowly avoided relegation. I think they'll they'll fit in nicely. Yeah, in those veterans-wise, even Badelli, I think, man. Badelli yeah, with, fair uh, enough. With a lot of Serie history, you know, a lot of experience. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Facts. So I don't think there's much to add about this game and about Napoli and Genoa. Napoli confirmed third with 76 points with one game to go. Genoa confirmed relegated. They're in 19th place with 28 points. The next game we're going to be discussing is Juve 2, Lazio 2. The reverse fixture was an away 2-0 victory for Juventus. Juve had won 12 of their previous 15 games against Lazio, bro, with one draw and two losses overall. Overall, the Bianconeri have won 84 times against the Bianco Celesti, at least 15 times more than any other opponent. Jesus. I know. Under Allegri, bro. Juve have won the most games against Lazio and Serie A. They've won 10 of the previous 12. Whoa. Yeah, All right. He hates, he hates fascists. Maybe. Or he just gets them. <laughs> 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 so, Lazio started the game well, particularly Zaccani and Cataldi, who linked up really well on the left-hand side, and Cataldi ended up striking the post impressively. Um, Zaccani is such a fucking weapon on the, on the wing. He's I like so, Zaccani so chaotic at a lot, man. In the 10th minute, Vlaovic scored thanks to a great ball by Morata on the left. Um, And in swinging cross, Vlaovic got past Marisic to head it home. In the 17th minute, uh, there was a substitution. Um, Kellini was subbed off to celebrate his 17 years of service. Um, Of course, it was his last game in the Allianz Stadium. Bro, what do you think of this? Um, Of course, it's a nice gesture, but using a substitution in the 17th minute... To replace a player like bringing off Kellini, do you think it's a good idea? I mean, no way. It's not. It's not a good idea. But at the end of the day, Juve have nothing to play for, and the guy's been a long servant of the club. And I think such a gesture celebrating the career that Kellini has had for them, I can show respect to it. I'm not going to criticize it, um, because there have been so many occasions where players deserve a better send off and they don't get it. Yeah. And I guess Kellini deserves to be celebrated, and he was celebrated. But why not take him out in the 87th and give him a full game? Like, you know what I mean? Because he wasn't there for 87 years. He was there for 17. That would have been stupid. (laughs) You're right. When you're right, you're right. In the 36th minute, uh, Morata seemed to take a really long time to release the ball. Um, You know, I thought he wasted the opportunity to shoot, to be honest with you. But... um, Eventually, he attempted to drive into the area from off the left-hand side and released 
a bullet that did beat Strakosha after goal. he got a shot to it. It what was a, a very good goal, but you know, I, I think he should have taken a shot a little bit earlier. All right, maybe he wouldn't have scored if he did that. Maybe, I mean, he's a footballer. <laughs> In the 51st minute, Lazio corner ended in Alexandro deflecting Patrick's shot into his own net. Patrick, of course, took all the credit as he wheeled away in celebration. Mm-hmm. Cla- Classic Patrick. <laughs> and in the 95th minute, a Lazio counter-attack. Weird. I, honestly, this Juve side, this Allegri Juve side to me is unrecognizable. How is it <laughs> that they're 2-1 up and Lazio are counter-attacking in the 95th it's minute true. with more attackers than Juve have it's defended? It's true, it's true, it's true. Um, Buzik's shot was uh, saved by Perin and the rebound was fired into the roof of the net by Sergei Milinkovic Savic, who's having an- yet another very impressive season. Um, yeah, so bro, um, this was Dybala and Kellini's emotional farewell. Of course, this was Dybala's last game for you, Vaz, the contract. Um, Why didn't he get subbed out in the seventh minute, bro? His- <laughs> <laughs> Seven years You're on the right. club, be consistent. You're right. He was bawling his eyes bro, out, bro. Honestly, he looked inconsolable. He was like he's, ugly crying. He's, like. He is not going to Inter or to Milan. If that's, he cries that much and then hey, he goes to Inter or Milan, that's fucking hilarious. Crocodile bro. tears. <laughs> you can see the you can see the video of him crying on our TikTok. Of course, um, anything to plug that in. Kellini, <laughs> uh, on the other hand, was as positive as ever. I think he had his daughter. I assume it was his daughter, not someone else's, on his shoulders as he was just enjoying the moment, clapping, smiling, and waving while the bala looked like his cat got run over by <laughs> by a truck, you know, and like it didn't die immediately, mm. and it was just on the road, and he saw it, mm-hmm. and he went next, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. no, it's heartbreaking for him. Eh? I, I think he'll go to Arsenal or Spurs. I think he'll go to a, a London club now. This, I, I need to um, address something over here. Everyone's talking about the Roma links. The ball to Roma. The ball to Roma. Oh, Jose. Jose's going to bring the ball to Roma. Why the fuck would the ball go anywhere that doesn't have Champions League? Like He's he's a 28-year-old player in his prime, like very rated. You know He's not going to go play in the Europa League or in the Conference League. No, going to Arsenal or, or Spurs yeah. is quite a risk for him then. I mean, yeah, Spurs I, just got Europa League. Well, they might get Europa League because they, they just overtook Arsenal, but whatever, fuck the Prem. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, don't think, I don't think he goes and settles for the Europa League, bro. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. He'll, he'll probably end up in Spain, man, to be, to be honest. I mean, he would thrive in Spain. It's it's going to be interesting, man, because Dybala is one of those players where you're not really sure where he'll fit in. He's a bit of a muller, so to say. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know what I mean? Like a player who's very well deployed up front, but not an all-out attacker. Like Exactly, exactly. Okay. Kind of. So uh, a team would need to have a certain system to, to kind of deploy him mm-hmm. to his full potential, because as an attacking midfielder... He's more yeah, of a forward, you know what I mean? Artist, uh, exactly. He's he, that's the thing. He's a second striker, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Palermo, that's what he was, and that, those were his. Those were the best days of his life. So yeah, I, I do think I do think he'll stay in, the, in a Champions League team. You know? Yeah, I think I think so. Um, did you see the video of Chiesa watching the game from from the VIP section? No, I didn't. There was this this vlogger who who's really into football and really into the Premier League interviewing him. And after the second goal, obviously they were stood up clapping, Chiesa was clapping, and the guy was telling him, job done, easy. And Chiesa was telling him, for now, eh? for now, eh? like he kind of saw it coming. And he went on to ask him who the best player in history is, and he said Maradona. 
and he said Ronaldo, and I am very happy to have played with him. Chiesa speaks fantastic English, and I'm sure, I'm sure he'll go to Chelsea one day. I don't know why, really? I just what? see him in a Chelsea kit. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was linked before. Um, objection hearsay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can't see that happening as in, in the near future. No, not the near future, but I just see him going to the Prem one okay. day. Yeah, really I mean, he's so. he's suited for it, you know, his play style at least. Mm. But anyway, bro, um, Juve have been linked with two players particularly recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Pogba uh-huh. in midfield, and he keeps posting um, Instagram videos of himself training, wearing black and white, and people are going mental. Um, and Di Maria on a free. Now, I've uh-huh. been screaming for Di Maria at Milan since maybe episode, what, seven mm-hmm. of, of Serie A Spotlight. Uh, it would be devastating for him. Do you think that these would solve Juve's current problems? Not solve. I think with, with Pogba, they're, they're a bit reminiscent of, of the good times. I think Pogba can be quite a streaky player. Um, I think he'll be, you know, he, he, he it could turn out to be great for them, but they don't instantly solve all of their problems by by signing Pogba sure they get something different to their arsenal but remember Pogba he's not what he was when he was earlier when he was at Juve earlier he's Mm. I'm I'm not gonna say he's gotten a bit worse but does he still have that hunger does he still have that drive to be honest man I think we need to see him outside of United I think at United he was such a weird team he wasted so much of his career there man it's true he did I mean he's been there since 2016 now and before that you know between 2012 and 2016 he was at Juve played 124 games and scored 28 goals with United he played 154 games and scored 29 goals so I mean at the end of the day Decent numbers, you know what I mean. Um, Appearance-wise, like mm-hmm. um, he's a player that is very versatile in midfield. He can do very well, you know. I think he is a missing piece for you, a piece that they're lacking in midfield when it comes to actually technical ability and someone who can actually hold the ball and drive mm-hmm. and get a reference point. Yeah, as it's well. true. That's it. It's true. But will will he bring the same effect that he brought in the past? I I always find it weird when teams re-sign a player. Same. It's always like I'm never okay. A fan is of it, it when, is it a good idea thing. or or you know did it just work and you're kind of reminiscent about it? Yeah, nostalgic rather. I keep saying reminiscent. I mean, Pogba's doing it twice, from United to oh Juve to United to Juve. Oh my god! I expected him to go to PSG, man. I didn't. I thought think. he would as well. I didn't think he'll, he'll go back to Juve, but we'll still wait and see. All this yeah. is obviously hearsay. Um, On the other hand. Di, Di Maria, Maria, I feel like would be a mental signing. I'm talking about a player that will easily get 10 goals in the league, a player that will contribute greatly to, to their offensive efforts. It's, I think it's he's a very allegri player. You know, you get a player of pedigree and just fucking... Does Chiesa move to the left? Sure, Does he play up sure. front? What no, happens, No man? problem. Chiesa, you put him left, right, he'll be fine. Like You remember in the Euros, he was on the left. He scored some of the best goals on the left. That's true. That's true. I'm never a fan of that. My I think his natural position is the right, and I think they should have gone for a for a left 
winger rather than a right winger. But they're both so versatile, bro, Di Maria and Kez. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they swap wings in every game, like, you know, 15 minutes on each wing. Each. Look, both both of these guys are either going to be a total hit or a total miss for you. I sound, I sound skeptical of these signs. They're obviously two great players. You have a World Cup winner, you have a Champions League winner, both really technically gifted and they're going to bring a certain fluidity to Juve. But I still, I, I'm still not convinced by either of the signings. Um, I don't see them as very long-term solutions for you. Obviously, De Maria's in in his what mid thirties now. He's like yeah. thirty-four, something, something of the sort. Like Pogba's twenty-nine now. Sure, it could be his his better years are are coming up. But like I said, he does tend to be quite streaky, and he suffers from a bit of a an attitude problem. But on his day. He's one of the best midfielders in the world, man. Mm-hmm. Hardly anyone beats him. They're two of those signs that we just need to wait and see how they play yeah. out, man. I think with their experience, they'll probably be good. I don't know. I mean, it's their experience and the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, they're paired up with Allegri, who does best with experienced players. So I do think that they're two good signings. You know, they're both free, which is crazy mm, good for true. them. Um, so I think, yes, these are no-brainers for Juve. Fair enough, fair enough. Lazio have qualified for the Europa League mathematically. They're done. They're the first team to qualify. That means that there is one spot up for grabs and that could be taken by Roma, Fiorentina or Atalanta. What a league, what a league. What a league, what a league. Juventus are in fourth with 70 points and Lazio are in fifth with 63 points. And this is how it ends for these guys this season. Next game we're going to be covering is Roma 1, Venezia 1. As previously mentioned, Venezia are now officially relegated. They're officially relegated coming into this match, even though they were coming off an inspiring 4-3 victory over Bologna. The previous fixture here was a 3-2 victory for Venezia at home. So Roma have not beaten the relegated side in Venezia this season. Um, after they were coming off a 2-0 away loss to Fiorentina, whereas Venezia came off that 4-3 victory, like I mentioned, against Bologna. <laughs> now, coming into this game, Roma had won each of their last four Serie A home meetings against Venezia, keeping a clean sheet in all of them. Obviously, that streak has now come to an end. And it didn't take long for Venezia to show that they don't give an absolute fuck after Okareke opened the scoring in the first minute. Aramu's brilliant in-swinging cross was flicked into the far corner by Okareke, who only needed the faintest of touches to convert. In the 19th minute, Pellegrini hit the crossbar from a brilliant free kick. In the 21st minute, there was no penalty for Roma after a VAR check. In the 32nd, Kian got a straight red card for kicking Pellegrini in the balls of the ball. It was one of the most one of the most bizarre things ever. It's the 32nd minute. Venezia are beating Roma. Kian just walks up to Pellegrini and kicks him in the balls <laughs> right in front of the ref. Like it was It was almost like a brain spasm. It was crazy, man. I've never seen anything like it. But anyway, it was then just after the break that Cristante clattered the woodwork from a venomous strike from distance, a sound that was heard literally all across the Olimpico, that was the second crossbar in the match. And a couple of minutes later in the 56th, Pellegrini hit the post again, another free kick, another Pellegrini crossbar, his second of the match and Roma's third. 
In the 76th minute, Shumoridov got his name to the score sheet, equalizing for Roma. There was a lovely forward pass that was flicked on by Shomorodov in brilliant fashion to Pellegri, whose effort was saved by the oncoming Mampa, but fell back to Shomorodov, who smashed it into the empty goal. Now, in case three crossbars weren't enough, it was the 96th minute, and Zalewski decided to hit the crossbar. It was a near-post strike from just inside of the area that rattled Mampa's crossbar for the fourth time this match and bounced off the line, with some thinking it had crossed the line, but obviously it hadn't. In the last sequence of the match, Roma got close once again, with Mampa producing a double save off the line of Abraham and El Sharawi's efforts. Bro, Roma, 69% ball possession, 46 shots, <laughs> 16 on target, 20 corners. Bro, Mampa had 16 saves this game. Madonna. To Rui Patricio's one. That has to be a record-breaking amount of saves, like. Probably. Who scored gave him a 10? (laughs) Jesus Christ. 16 saves in a single match. And they fucking... Rome are known for their set pieces. But 20 corners, none leading to a goal. Two free kicks that hit the post and then they hit the post on two separate occasions as well. Is it a case where Roma were very unlucky? Of course, of course. Yes, yes. 100%. I mean, Venezia showed good spirit to defend this when they were a man down for Mm -hmm. the majority of the game. But at the end of the day, you know, 46 shots. You shoot 46 times, you expect two, three of them to go in, no? Bro, way more than two way or three. More, if you shoot minimum, 46 times, I would up. say you have 13 goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, bro? Yes, bro, you're right. Like, they were extremely unlucky, extremely unlucky. And Mourinho knew this at the end of the game. He he did say that, like, it was ridiculous and the boys gave the role. Um, mm. I am happy for Shomorodov, though, bro. That little flick on before his goal was really clever. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good player, poor guy. I hope he gets more minutes. Miskin, miskin. Um, I think... Venezia should be given credit. I know that Roma were incredibly unlucky, but you have to give credit for them to manage to stay in the game for 60 minutes after that absurd red card, man. The crazy... How crazy was that? I don't think we can stress enough. Honestly, guys, go check it out. He just randomly kicks him in the balls, like... It's a shame to see Venezia go, man. I'm gonna miss them. All their swagger. But they have... um, Once again, they have a good project. You know, I think they'll be back as well. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not too, I'm um, not too hopeful. But, you know, they, they have rich owners. They have rich American owners. So the project goes well. You know, I mean, all it takes in reality is a little bit of smart investing. Um, and in reality, you know, they made the naive mistakes this year of buying all new players. They didn't have any Serie experience in their team. And hopefully they don't make this mistake again. Mm. Hopefully they get some veterans and there's some guys who are used to to say about, you know, some Moncozus, some mm, Tutinos, you know, some exactly. of those guys, you know. And exactly. The, and they'll be back up in no time. Yep. I think Aramu, Okareke, Mampa, Kaldara, Ampadu, Chernigoy, um, hopefully, all stay in, yeah. in, in Serie A. And even Jonsson, potentially. Maybe Jonsson, maybe Jonsson, but definitely the, the ones that were mentioned, I, I think easily they stay in Serie yeah. A, man. Yeah, for sure, bro. I agree. Um, let's move on to talk about Roma a little bit. They do run the risk of not qualifying for Europe. Um, their last fixture is against Torino, away from home. And it's not easy for them, man. We could very much see them slip out of that top six. 
Yeah, and if they do, they actually still have a way back into the Europa League by winning the Conference League final against Feyenoord on the 25th. Um, we'll see if they manage that. Who might get an extra Italian team in Europe this year? No, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like if Fiorentina finish in Europa League or Atalanta finish Europa League alongside Lazio and, um, of course, Roma win the Conference League. Then that means we have three teams in the Europa League and another team would go up in the Conference League instead of them. Sick. Sick. Maybe we'll get to see Fiorentina in the Conference League. That would be, be quite cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Roma beat Feyenoord not not easily because obviously Feyenoord are good and that's why they're there but I think they get the job done they have Mourinho knockout competitions no I think they'll win dirty you know exactly but I I do want to watch that game Feyenoord apparently have some very good talent on their team yeah I haven't seen much of them it has to be said not even me Um, a fun fact about this game was that Venezia got their first goal at the Olimpico against Roma since 1963 where a guy named Gino Ruffin scored a brace. So they hadn't scored in Whoa. that long, and they scored when they were officially a Serie B team, <laughs> which is quite interesting. Yeah, so there is the playing without pressure again. Eh? Exactly. There you go, just out having a good time. Managers out there saying, just as long as you guys have fun now, since we're relegated. As long as you don't get 50 shots, we're good. Exactly. Just go out there, kick them in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Roma are now in sixth with 60 points. They're one ahead of Fiorentina and Atalanta, whilst Venezia relegated as fuck in 20th with 26 points. Speaking of Fiorentina, this was the shocking result of the week as Sampdoria beat Fiorentina 4 1. The, rever- <laughs> the reverse fixture was Fiorentina 3, Sampdoria 1. So this was some. Some solid revenge by Sampdoria and, you know, one-upping them, not even getting revenge, just, you know, outscoring them and, and doing so too. Both teams have scored at least once in each of their last 13 games um, against each other head-to-head, with 3.5 goals being scored on average during this run. So um, this rang totally true in this game. And if you're a gambler, you know, you could have put something on it and it would have, you would have made money easily. Hmm. You know, um, history tends to repeat itself and the stats are there for a reason. Now, let's get into it. Play by play. In the 16th minute, Kandreva's free kick is whipped in well and Ferrari loses Baragi with ease to chest the ball into the back of the net. Legend. In the 30th minute, one of my favorite um, obscure players at the moment, Sabiri, plays Qualiarla through intelligently. What a pass it was. Qualiarla gets on the end of it and casually chips Tarreciano, scoring um, a goal in big 2022, the yeah. veteran. In the 71st minute, there was some lovely link-up play between Sabiri and Caputo. They were mostly involved in this. Candreva ended up squaring it to Thorsby, who fired at home. 3-0 by the 71st minute. In the 83rd minute, Amrabat loses the ball clumsily in midfield and Sabiri eventually finishes the ball low and hard from a distance, leaving Terracciano rooted to the spot. Um, at this point, it's 4-0. You know, everyone got a goal, everyone underdog. <laughs> and in the 89th minute, um, Fiorentina got a consolation goal as Nico Gonzalez scored a penalty. Um, it was an awkward goal as he, when he scored, no one shouted goal. You know. Of course. In the 93rd minute, Omar Colley said some bullshit to the referee and got sent off for dissent. <laughs> he will be missing the game against Inter, the final game of the season. <clears throat> what an idiot. Now, mad disappointing, no, for Fiorentina, bro, considering they were fighting for Europe, or they are fighting for Europe, rather. This, this should have been... They've been slipping up, man, Fiorentina, in the, in the last part of the campaign. I, I, I don't quite know 
what's up with their form at the moment. They're probably just going through a, a bad spell and I'm out here chatting shit to them. Their last game is against Juve. So I'm, I'm not too hopeful about them getting too much yeah. success unless, you know, the, the, maths, the maths works in their favor with Roma missing out and then getting Europa League through Conference League. I don't really see them qualifying themselves. Uh, it, it'll definitely be difficult, bro. But I do feel like Fiorentina play up to their opponents. So if they play Juve, Milan, Inter, they do play better than if they play these smaller sides. Um, Fiorentina did the thing that they that they tend to do this season. Sometimes, you know, they dominate possession to oblivion, like 64% possession this game. Um, but they fail to shoot. Like, they only had one shot mm. on target this game, you know? And if you dominate possession by that amount, there's something wrong with the system, no, if you're not testing the goalkeeper. Or it could simply be, you know, that um, Sampdoria were just packed too tightly for them. Yeah, they're kind of going to the same thing Milan were going through when they were dominating games, but just not managing to test the keepers and, and to get shots away. Um, I mean, when you look at Fiorentina's past fixtures, I mean, recently we've seen them lose out to Juventus in the Coppa Italia semi-final and then lose to Salernitana 2-1 away from home and then lose against Udinese 4-0 at home and then lose against Milan 1-0 and then they beat Roma and then they get spanked 4-1 away against Sampdoria. So they are going through quite an odd fucking run of form Fiorentina and I can't quite put my finger on what's wrong it just seems like sometimes it ticks for them and sometimes it doesn't quite tick for them they were outplayed by one of the worst teams I've seen this season <laughs> and and how so in, in what fashion for one mm. yeah this was one of those odd games you know to be honest with you we were I, I was catching a flight like I couldn't even see it properly so in reality um, I'm not quite sure how it actually happened, you know, for one. I just remember I was saying on yeah. Twitter, like, what the fuck is going on? And everyone, even people who are watching the were like, I'm not hey, even sure what's hey, going on right hey. now. Um, but yes, a Marco Giampaolo masterclass, let's just call it that. Yeah. Two assists for Kandreva, it's good to see him contributing again. And there was also a goal and an assist for Sabiri. I think he's definitely one of the players that'll be a pivotal part of their season next season. Yeah, for sure, bro. 25 years old, you know, he's not even that young, you know. Um, I was surprised I had never really heard of him before, mm. Sabiri. This season was his, like, breakout season. And he makes them not miss Damsgaard. That's true. That's true. And, and speaking of, he did enter Damsgaard, by the way, this game. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he did in the 82nd minute. He came on. Didn't do much, but he did come on, yes. Welcome back, Damsy baby. Welcome back. Yeah, it's going to be nice seeing him next year, hopefully having a full season, a healthy season. Apparently he had a rare chronic condition and that stopped him from playing. Mm. I don't know much about it, I can't quite recall Fuck. what it was, Well, but hopefully he'll be fine. It's good to see him back on the pitch and it was also nice, I forgot to mention, it was nice to see Spinazzola back on the pitch for oh, yes. Roma yes, as well. that too. Um, I just want to say how poetic it is, bro, that Sampdoria survive in such extreme fashion the same week Genoa die in such a random fashion, you know what I mean? Mm. The, the Lanterna on full swing. Um, of course, we get to see Sampdoria next season in, in Serie so the Luigi Ferrari's toilet bowl of a stadium will still, be, <laughs> will still be in full flow in Italy. You know, they compare that stadium, they say it's the only Premier League-esque stadium in Italy because the, the fans will, are actually close to the pitch. That's quite cool. I like that about the Premier League pitches. I remember once Balotelli was going to get into a fight for, I'm not sure if it was for, ah, it was for Liverpool, not for City, and the fans held him back oh, so, God, that, so that he doesn't get cool. sent off. Like, cool. I, I like that intimacy. Yeah, and Kant kicking players in the yeah. face. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the Vraz. And well. fans, sorry, not players. Yeah. 
But yeah, um, of course, Sampdoria are 15th with 36 points, while Fiorentina are 7th with 59 points. A win might just be enough to get them over the line, um, depending on what Roma do, of course. Yep, we'll see about that. The next game we're going to be covering is Verona nil Torino 1. The previous encounter for this was yet another 1-0 victory for Torino back in Turin. Turin were coming off a 1-0 away loss in Naples, whilst Verona were coming off a 3-1 home loss against Milan. Now, coming into this match, Verona were unbeaten in their last four home league matches against Torino and had drawn seven of their last nine in Serie A. Both sides looking for that ninth place spot for Verona. This would match their best finish since returning to the league. Now, in the 19th minute, Brecalo opened the scoring after Voivoda played the ball down the wing to Brecalo, who cut inside the area and unleashed an early strike that went in off the crossbar. What a goal. Just after the break, Montepo produced a fantastic double save of Bellotti and Zima's header, particularly Zima's, where his instincts were on point as fuck. Now, in the 79th minute, Pellegri hit the post. It was some brilliant work from the young Italian striker as he charged forward at Cesale and unleashed a low strike from just outside the area, which struck the inside of the post. He's been looking good, Pellegri, recently, man, yeah, for Torino. I hope he can stay healthy. Yep. He's a player with massive potential. Mm-hmm. Do you think Torino would need to replace Balotti <laughs> or do you think Pellegri might be given a vote of confidence? I think that even if he is given a vote of confidence, there needs to be someone else just in case. You know, you, you can't trust Pellegri. His track record speaks for itself. You need another striker there. Fair enough, fair enough. Torino get the double over Verona. Were they the better team this season? Um, not necessarily, no. Um, overall, no, I wouldn't say so. I would say Verona had a better season than Torino this year. Um, in the table, where do they stand? Verona, of course, above them by two points, yes. <clears throat> but I think that the fact that... <coughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, Tudor, Tudor really turned their season around, considering the awful start they had. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Torino are completely transformed from last season. But um, I do believe that Verona are the stronger team as it stands right now. What do you think, bro? I would agree with you, man. I think that Verona on their day look way more dangerous than Torino do. I think they're more convincing. I think they play more attractive football, definitely. Mm-hmm. Torino are almost just as capable of getting a result against the big teams. Um, just as much as Verona, I would say. But I think Verona edged them when it comes to play style and how clinical they are going forward. You're right, you're right. Offensively, Verona are better. Defensively, Torino are better. Yeah, and it's all Bremer. It's all, that is yeah, all yeah, Bremer. Yeah. And I also like their wing-backs in Singo and Voivoda. Yeah, and They're to be honest, good. they all put in a shift. I mean, Zima plays well. You know, Ricardo Rodriguez has been playing really well That's this true. season too. That's true. Itso has actually had a few decent performances. Itso's always... Always good in my mm. opinion when he plays, man. He he gets the job done. He's by no way or means their best defender, but he's a fucking hustler, man. And and he's not clumsy. He's quite he's quite intelligent, which is he interesting because you look at him and you think, you know, this guy's just a savage because he's yeah. like full of tattoos. He has that kind of walk about him. Um, but he's actually a really solid defender, man. I rate it so. Um, bro, the only way I win the Sassuolo Verona bet is if Verona lose to Lazio, which is believable. But Sassuolo would need to beat Milan, oh, meaning God. Inter win the oh, league. Oh, God. 
No, 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 no. I am conflicted. <laughs> you fucking shut the as fuck up. As if, as if. Um, okay, so there's still hope for you, of course. Of course there is. Sassuolo can actually jump Verona. Okay, so you're still alive Sassuolo and Sassuolo beat, beat Milan. Um, yeah. Am I really alive and kicking? I don't know, just knock wood, let's stop this conversation. Do you think that, well, not do you think that, Brecolo is not staying on at Torino. Ah. He's going back to Wolfsburg. He's had a fantastic season in Italy and he will be missed. It's just there, might have been, there might have been a personal agreement from what was reported. Um, between Brecolo and his original club. Who are they? Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg I would be yeah. surprised if Torino wouldn't have wanted to keep him on board, man. It would be quite quite this, odd. This worries me because this is what um, forced Juric out of Verona, no? when they didn't mm. manage to keep DeMarco. And now mm. Brecolo is leaving, Pabega is leaving. You know, he left, leaving. Yeah, he left Verona, but for what? You know? It's mm. the same the same things happening to him at Torino. So I we'll see how he handles surprised. it. I would be surprised. If he walks out... I wouldn't be surprised either. We'll see. Hopefully, they can make a few promises mm. and keep them, of course. Well, you said that Sarri might leave Lazio. Depending on the project, yes. That might be a coup for Lazio. They decide to go for... For Juric? Whoa, that would be great. That's quite a cool one. You heard it here first, guys. Juric to Lazio. <laughs> Um, so Verona are now in ninth place on 52 points While Torino are intent on 50 points Same as Sassuolo The next game we're going to be discussing Is a regional derby between Bologna and Sassuolo Which ended 3-1 to Sassuolo The reverse fixture was a 3-0 victory for Bologna So once again we have a revenge story over here had Bologna won this game, bro, mm. it would have only been the second time that they managed the double over Sassuolo in a single season. Jesus. The only time that that happened was in 2017, 2018. So mm. not even that long ago, actually. No, not at all. I wouldn't have expected that. Mm. Now, it all started in the 35th minute. There was a corner by Berardi, header by Scamacca, the classic, the routine, Scammy's 15th goal in Serie A. Madonna. Um, pretty good. Madonna. Kirike scored shortly after, but it was varred off because of a handball, thank God. <laughs> In the 75th minute, Berardi scored a lovely improvised bicycle kick after a fantastic Skorupski save. Um, the composure by Mimmo on this goal was second to none, you know. Mimmo is just a composed guy, man. He's the composed guy, man. In the 80th minute, uh, there was a nice through ball by Fratesi and a clean finish into the bottom corner by Skamaka. And in the 91st minute, a consolation penalty um, by Orsolini. Now, if you thought that Chalanoglu's penalty in the final of the Coppa Italia was good, this one was even better. What a penalty straight into the roof of the net, you know. Insane, man. Insane, insane, insane. Uh, Mihailovic always said that Orsolini is their number one penalty taker. Even if he's not on the pitch, he's their number one rigorista. That's true. Um, you look at this game, bro. It's another case of controlling the ball, controlling the game when you're not in possession. Mm. Like 45% of the possession was in Sassuolo's favor. They had 16 shots, seven of them on target, compared to Bologna's eight shots, two on target. So, you know, Sassuolo were in full control. They sat back, you know, after they got the lead, they let Bologna play. They, they rested, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Sassuolo are so good away from home, eh, man. 
they're way better away from home than they are. I mean, even end. you look at this this match and then the previous encounter. The previous encounter, they got fucking shafted yeah. by by Bologna <laughs> and Mape. Uh, they beat Inter away from home and they they um, lost to them at home. They beat Juve away from home. They too. beat Juve away from home. They beat Milan away from home. Now wait to see what happens on Sunday. They're insane away from home, Man Sassuolo. It's probably because they are literally always away from home, technically. <laughs> yeah, no fans ever. <laughs> Um, this game wasn't really about it. There was nothing to do with the standings for this game. You know what I mean? It was all about bragging rights. It was all about who is the hero of Emilia Romagna. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Dionisi was worried about giving his players a reason to work hard for the last few games. Remember after that devastating loss, uh, game, the humiliating one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Derby revenge was a, a good reason I think to motivate them and maybe stopping Milan from winning the league should be good enough motivation too no? yeah yeah, probably probably so, yeah, I, I don't mean, think he'll need to worry about that they're all fucking yapping yeah. Berardi literally has been linked to Milan for half his career and here he is saying that he's an Inter fan <laughs> come on man come on I've been rooting for you yeah and Leo wouldn't start for Sassuolo man exactly no no because I have Junior Traore exactly exactly <laughs> he scored like three such a ridiculous thing to say like what an idiot uh, but anyway bro um, I don't know if there are any observations that you made from this game that you'd like to mention no bro I, I only watched Milan this weekend yeah, bro honestly same here because like, we're, we're, we're on holiday we're not gonna say fucking watching the games um, I watched a few of them a few clips on my phone like extended highlights and shit but exactly but that's it unfortunately exactly but anyway bro Sassuolo are in 11th with 50 points while Bologna are in 13th with 43 points um, two mid-table clubs facing off essentially the next game we're going to be covering is Empoli 1, Salernitana 1. So a match that has proven to me that PSG should definitely sign Vicario, by the way. To replace world... Idris Zaganagi. <laughs> no, to replace Donnarumma, who, by the way, played 15 matches, got 5 clean sheets and got voted League 1, League 1 goalkeeper of the season. That's... Shambolic, honestly. It's ridiculous. It really is. Honestly, ridiculous. Like, but it has to be said. Wow, Vicario. Vicario. He still has mistakes in him, but he still does. But the foundation is there for a fantastic shot stopper. As a shot stopper, he's among the best. Like, it's true in the league. He's ridiculous, bro. Uh, Guys, I'll I'll get into it. Miracle saves. So Empoli had just lost three one to Ukraine in a club friendly match. Which no one knew about. It no was, one. I think it was secret. Like, because <laughs> I just went on live score. I was looking. No, you went on live score. You looked through it. You're like, bro, what's this? Empoli played Ukraine. I'm like, what are you talking? I'm like, about? it has to be a mistake. Like, there must have been some esports game or or something like that. But no, Ukraine are currently touring, playing against teams to like raise money and shit. And there you go. They beat Empoli. So well done, Ukraine. Aside from that, obviously, Empoli were coming off a 4-2 away loss to Inter, who came back from two goals down. Salernitana were coming off a 1-1 draw to Cagliari after they were leading 1-0 for most of the game, and then they conceded one in the 99th minute. In this fixture, there has now been one win for each side and two draws in Serie A matches between Empoli and Salernitana, so you could call them even if you will. Now, early on, Jurich's header was headed off the line, Moments later, there was a fantastic save by Vicario, who scooped a floating effort on the line with his fingertips. That was the first of many. 
In the 31st minute, Cotrone scored after a sequence of forward passes into space by Empoli, ended with Aslani's ball being converted by Cotrone, who finished into the near bottom corner. Just before the break, Radovanovic's long effort went just wide of Vicario's post, and then just after the break, there was a miracle save by Vicario, who denied what was an open goal chance for Bonazzoli. Radovanovic crossed the ball from inside the area to Bonazzoli, who had an open goal. He got the header on, which was basically all that was needed, but Vicario dove in out of absolutely nowhere and miraculously saved the ball off the line. This is honestly one of the best saves this season. In the 56th minute, Cotrone hit the post. It was a great run and pass by Veria to Cotrone, who went for the same finish into the near corner, but could only hit the outside of the post. Later on, there was a brilliant save by Sepe to deny by Rami from close range. And then it was followed by a double save by Vicario from a Juric header and a Bonazzoli follow-up. Man, oh man, was that a great double Next save. level, next level. Yeah. Literally, man. In the 76th minute, Bonazzoli scored this time. Vicario spilled Salinetana's cross and the ball ended up falling into the region of Bonazzoli, who did what Bonazzoli does each time the ball is in his vicinity and hit an overhead kick into the back of the net <laughs> and machine gun to... Machine gun the way in celebration. I love Bonazzoli, man. He's so hype, man. He's, He's really so hype. There was then a penalty. There was a VAR check which confirmed that Koulibaly got to the ball before Romagnoli, who tripped up the Salernitana midfielder. Perotti stepped up only to be denied once again by the great Vicario. No, Perotti is a fantastic regarista. It was a good penalty. There was yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with the penalty. It was a brilliant save by Vicario. Vicario yeah. He just had... A great performance, man. Obviously, the goal, he did spill the ball. He did yeah. spill the ball. So he can be criticized for maybe his, his collection and how he the comes way he out commanded the his air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But as a shot stopper, man, he's as good as they fucking get, Vicario. And that leads me to say that I believe Vicario is on loan from Cagliari, man. He is, he is. He was playing instead of Cranio when he was injured last year. Exactly, and before that he was on loan at Perugia in oh. 2000, <laughs> in 2019. He's still 25 years old, man. He's six foot four. He started his career off, fun enough, with Udinese. And then he went to Venezia and then to Cagliari and was subsequently loaned out to Perugia and Empoli. But that's enough about Vicario. Obviously, he deserves the world. He's a fantastic goalkeeper. Now, Salernitana face Udinese in their final match of the season as Cagliari take on Venezia away from home. Two points separate the two sides. Do you think we might see Salernitana relegated or do you think they'll pull through? I mean, there's a chance. Um, I am a firm believer in the David and Nicola miracle part two, bro. So I'm going to go with that. If you would like to make a bet for maybe something lesser than a kit, I might be interested. Um, no, I think we've we've bet enough on random bullshit. <laughs> like, I really regret that random bet of, of Sassuolo, Hellas Verona, because that, that was a pure gut feeling. It's <laughs> just mm. this kind of bet, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't and the Vlaovic one, I think that was the most ridiculous No, no, I think uh, Vlaovic, if I were to go back in time, I'd probably make the same claim. Bear in mind, this was before his move to Juve. Mm. So I... Was it before his move? I believe so, I, I believe so. so. I think I already joined Juve, but we'll fact check. Ah, yeah, you're probably right, because... Essentially, I would have needed to know that he was staying in the league to to make to make that claim. But uh, I would have probably stuck by that. And to be honest, it's quite it's quite close. It's two or three goals that separate them. So I don't think it was a an absurd claim four. to make. 
Four. Four. <laughs> no, it's not four. It's not four. It's not. It's not. It's two or three. I think it's three. I'm a pain in the Top scorers. It's three, you're right. Yeah. But now, it's gonna be four, baby. Hat-trick. Now he gets a hat trick <laughs> and the mobile tears his screw shit and scores an own goal. We'll see. You know, I, 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 it's it's interesting to me that Immobile every single season is a top scorer. You know what I mean? He just doesn't stop, man. He just doesn't Immobile. stop. He just has great experience in the league, man. And uh, it's going to take something special to dethrone him from Capo Caccio, Camelian owner. Capo Caponiere. Capo Canoniere. Capo Canoniere. That's the one. That was a Capo Cappuccino. So Empoli are now in 14th on 38 points, while Salernitana are 17th with 31 points. For sure. The next game we're going to be discussing is Udinese 2, Spezia 3. This is the final game brought to you by Serie Spotlight. Um, the reverse fixture was a 1-0 away victory for Udinese. None of the four Serie meetings between Udinese and Spezia have ended level, fun fact. So there's... One for you gamblers out there. <laughs> Another one. Next game between Udinese and Spezia. Do one or two. It's not X. You know the one? Exactly. Yep. Now, uh, two more points for Udinese this season would result in it being their best season since 2012. They had 66 points that season. So all they need to do is send Salernitana down to Seyabe. <laughs> and they'll have their best season since 2012. They'll be hungry for it. Now, in the 26th minute, Udoji, uh, the commentator calls him Udoji. And by Jirami, we really need to work on our pronunciation. Actually. Nah, maybe they need to work on their pronunciation. Could be. I feel like since they're commentators. Stop it. What was bullshit? What was it? There was a really bad one, bro, recently. Sushesni? He addressed it on Twitter. He said that's how he actually checked, and that's how it's meant to be pronounced. And everyone else is wrong, and the wrong and people right. laugh at him. Sure, sure. But anyway, you know, that commentator is fantastic. But anyway, Udoji, I'm not changing my pronunciation. Udoji forced Provadel into a save, but the ball was cleared, um, and it fell to Molina, who struck it home, basically. Another classic Molina goal from the edge of the area, powerful shot into the roof of the net, basically. How many goals is Molina on this season? He's been a fucking Quite monster. Quite a few. I'll continue while you, while you check that. In the 35th minute, once again, the red-hot Verde scored a great cross by Ferreira and a Kung Fu finish by the best beard in the league in Verde. Mm-hmm. Um, Ferreira shows some great industry. You know, he played really well this game. In the... Seven the, goals. Seven goals, Molina. You're taking the That's really good. Piss. On Fanta Calcio, guys. He Fuck might, off, he's mine. He's he mine, might he's be mine. inflated, though. His price will mm. be inflated for sure. Mm. In the 47th minute in the first half, Jazzy got one as Ferrer sped to a loose ball on the edge of the area and slid in to control it, beating the defender, playing the ball to Jazzy, who spun and finished gorgeously. This goal was sexy, you know. The, uh, Spezia were playing some sexy football this game. Tiago mm. Motta ball. Motta ball, yeah. In the 47th minute, Majore scored. Um, the ball was once again not cleared well enough. This time it was Bram Nuitink who was the, the villain in this play. Uh, Verde squared it to Majore who struggled to get it over the line but eventually managed. Shortly after, Manaj sky the penalty. What is he good at? And in the 93rd minute, Pablo <laughs> Mari. He's good at being Albanian. In the 93rd minute, Pablo Mari scored. It was a lovely cross by De Lefeu, who seems... 
revitalized, so good, rejuvenated completely. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he stays there next season. Lovely cross by him and headed in well by Mari. It's true, we'll probably see him at Watford. So <laughs> Spezia, bro, have survived three years in a row against all odds with that transfer ban in place. Job well done, Motta. Two years in a row, no? Three, three in a row. They posted no, on their they, social they, media. They, ah, no, it's their third their season third in season. Serie A exactly. in a row, but they survived twice. Exactly, okay, mm-hmm. sure. Um, yes, bro, what do you think, man? Do you think that um, this transfer ban being lifted will see them maybe even climb to a mid-table club, or do you see them next season fighting in those relegation spots again? I don't know, to be Quite honest, it depends on a lot of factors. It depends if they'll have continuity with Thiago Matta. It depends. I on think he'll be leaving most likely. Then it depends totally on the new manager they're gonna bring in. It depends on what their budget is like. I have no fucking idea what their budget is like. I think after two seasons in Serie A, going into their third season in Serie A, there's gonna be a lot of confidence over there, especially from the higher ups. They know the league better than ever now. And we could potentially see them see them improving. It'll be interesting to see um, the Serie B promoted teams and what they're like, what they're going to bring to the table. It'll be interesting to see how Empoli do next year, for example, how Udinese do, how Cagliari or Salernitana do as well. It's going to be an interesting season, man, next season. For sure, bro. I honestly can't wait. Like This one hasn't even finished and I'm already excited hey, for hey, the next one. Hey. Bro, shout out to the man with two assists this game, Salva Ferrer. He is 24 years old. He's an Espanol youth product. 52 appearances for Spezia since 2019. And he works so hard and he played so well this game. Respect, respect. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. Of course, Mudenezer um, chilling in mid-table in 12th with 44 points, while Spezia are in 16th with 36 points. Welcome back to our question segment. To drop us a question, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Serial Spotlight. You can drop a question, a hot take, um, a dilemma, anything that you have on your mind. We'll discuss it over here just so you can hear two other dudes talking about what you're thinking about. Amen. Now, our first one comes from Jack underscore motivates our boy who was also at the stadium. He had hey, a hey, hey. he had a great time at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, he said Theo is greater than God? Question mark. I would say so. I would say at the moment Theo is greater than God. Now it obviously depends on which God you're referring to, but. You know, sometimes I have asked God to show up on certain occasions and I don't feel like he or she ever has. But Teo Hernandez <laughs> has showed up while I was live at the Sun Zero. Therefore, Teo is my God and I love you, Teo. And also, Zoe is my goddess. Wow, that's that's actually poetic, bro. Well, Thank well you. Thank you. Um, the next question comes from... What about you, bro? Do you think Teo is greater than God? Do I think that Teo is greater than God? Um, sure. Teo is tangible and God is not. Respect. Now, the next question comes from our boy Julian Sant, JuSant94. And he says, when are you going to launch the Serie A for newbies? Please, I'm eager to learn more. Now, this was something that we had originally planned to do before the start of the season or like in the first international break, I believe, but we never mm. actually got down to doing it. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of prep work done now for the majority of the teams because of what we've gathered 
um, throughout the season. Yeah. And I actually think it would be a good idea to kind of recap the teams, look into them, formation, style of play, what to expect, hot players, uh-huh. hot transfers. I think that would be a good episode. To Obviously, have. we have an entire summer now without Serie A where we can fuck around a little bit with um, with episodes. Obviously, we need to do a couple of specials. We have a Roma special coming out with our boy Cesco. We should do a Lazio special yeah. with, with we Steve as well. We might have a well. surprise episode coming out that would be massive, but we'll see. Ah, yep, there, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. It's persisting. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that's definitely one we can do. Like you said, we have a lot of groundwork laid out and... Uh-huh. I, I would say so. We should do... I would like to do one about the style of play of teams, the players they have, who to keep an eye, an eye out on. And I'd also like to do one about clubs and the history about clubs, like Hellas Verona, how they were founded. They were founded in, like, 1903, I believe, and mm-hmm. it was a group of students who were studying classics, and their teacher asked them to name it Hellas for him because oh. that that's a part of the... Like, it was a chapter in classics, for example. And it'd just be interesting to go through all these things together. Yeah, bro, for sure, for sure. That would be amazing. Maybe even we could get, like, Metul on board, maybe. For sure, you know. For sure, that would be really cool. It would, it would. Shout out to Metul. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday a few days ago. Respect. Now, Meagles asks a question at Finally Meagles on Twitter. Um, our boy Ben. Um, I love this guy, man. Same, so, man. So right. Same, same, same. He says, were Milan favorites to win the Scudetto before the season began? And no. I know he... Exactly. He's asking this because of the debate that has sparked on social media recently. But of course not. Of Absolutely course not. not. Of Absolutely course not. not. The tweets have since been deleted. You know, by mm. by many of these rival fans, but I recall purely being called the worst coach in the top seven. That's it. That's it. Bro, Juve were favourites. Juve were favourites when they had favorites. Ronaldo the second. No, exactly. Juve were favourites. Inter weren't even favourites at the time nope. either. Granted, nope. but um, I think the second Juve got rid of Ronaldo, that's when Inter became. They took the lead favorites wise for sure. I mean, for they're sure. the defending champions; they're the next in line, you know. And it took a, it, it took maybe two, three performances to see where that that Inter still are where they left off last season. You know what I mean? So instantly, Inter became favorites, and then Napoli were favorites. Um, at a point, I like before the season even started, there were shouts that Atalanta ah, can yes, fucking go course. ahead and do it under Gasperini, but Milan. Kept surprising everyone. Who would have thought? Nobody thought Milan would be on 83 points right now. Absolutely no one. 25 wins, 8 draws, just 4 losses. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one would have expected that. No one at all. The next question comes from you, bro. No. You ask... (laughs) We're actually going to do this. Cool. Yeah. Which is the biggest loss? Kessie, Dybala, Insignia or Brekalo? <laughs> Brekalo. <laughs> Brekalo, bro, because um, Torino. They, no. I would say, as much as it pains me, Kessie, man. Yeah, Kessie's, I agree, I Kessie's agree, is the I greatest agree. loss. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a very unique midfielder when it comes to characteristics, yep. you know. Yep. He brings a certain physicality and technical ability fused together that is rare to find in the game. Uh, he has leadership qualities as well. He can take penalties, you know, he gets a few goals. I think he's he'll be a miss for Milan, a big miss. He will be missed, he will be missed. But obviously what we've seen over the past couple of years is that no one is irreplaceable. Now someone with that niche talent, 
I could actually point out maybe Kessie is one of the ones where we can make an exception and say he is not exactly replaceable because he's so unique. No one brings exactly what Kessie brings, but we could still bring in someone different who is more effective than Kessie or yeah, rises yeah, yeah. to the occasion yeah. more than Kessie. Sure. Um, I look at Nsini and I think now at this stage in his career, he's replaceable. I look at Dybala, he's not a player that gives you 30 games in a season, mm. therefore he's replaceable. But Kessie's the type of player that plays the vast majority of the games every exactly. season, 30 games minimum, you know, exactly. every year. He's one of the so, fittest players yeah. I've ever seen in my life, man. And he doesn't get injured very often at all. Mm. So, yeah, I, I do think it's him. Too bad he's a cunt. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you very much for tuning to this one. I do understand that this might have been a bit more low energy yes, than yes. other episodes. We are tired. We landed yesterday back at work, you know. Yeah, it's been it's been exhausting and, and we have a lot of catching up to do when it comes to highlights, so on and so forth. But next week will probably be the biggest episode um, that we have. Obviously, we will know who is crowned Serie A champions. We'll know who's been relegated. I'm getting fucking goosebumps and butterflies talking about Ooh. this. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much for tuning in and we love you all. We love you.